Welcome to Season with Salt, the podcast. My name is Dominique Bomonte, your host. And in this episode, we're going to talk all about toxic positivity. What is it? Why do people do it? And what are the alternatives? Stay tuned. Let's talk about it. What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. Have you ever been going through a really rough patch in your life and the people around you say stuff like, just stay positive, or everything happens for a reason, or things will get better, like just look at it from the bright side. Those, my friends, are the product, or in other words, the definition of what toxic positivity is. So what I did was I Googled toxic positivity, and here's the definition that Google provides. Toxic positivity is the belief that no matter how dire or difficult a situation is, people should remain positive or remain in the space of a positive mindset. This attitude doesn't just stress the importance of optimism, it minimizes and denies any trace of human emotion that aren't strictly happy or positive. So that's what we're dealing with today this idea that everything has to be positive or that everything uh, warrants um, some level of optimism. I know what you're probably thinking because you're like, I'm listening to a Christian faith-based podcast and the podcast host is a preacher. So what do we mean when we say that toxic positivity is not cool when we're faith-based people? Well, let me just say this. Based on what we're talking about today, I'm defining faith as the assurance that all the things that are revealed and promised in the Bible are true, right? Simple as that. Everything in the Bible is true. That's what faith is. Faith is believing that everything that the Word says about your situation, about your life, about what you're experiencing is true. And if that is the definition of faith, that is the very reason why toxic positivity is not biblical. Let me go into that a little bit deeper. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe thoroughly that the Bible says that Christians, believers, you and me, that we are called to be light in dark places. I believe that we are called to be people who know how to talk about the goodness of the Lord and know how to look at things from a healthy perspective. However, I think it's important to talk about how Christians can be the primary perpetrators of the primary folks that misuse or that use toxic positivity in a way that's not helpful. Let me give you an example. You have a bad experience that you're going through in life, and you have a Christian, a a well-intentioned person around you, and they start telling you to stay positive or it'll get better, it'll be brighter, 
And a part of the reason why they're doing that, and we'll talk a little bit about that, a part of the reason why they're doing that is not because they mean to um, bring you harm or to lie to you, but it's the way that we've been socialized to address things that happen in other people's life. It's the way that we have been socialized to address negativity. But the reality is, is that if I'm going through difficulty, um, the truth might be that Psalms 34 and 19 is true. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of it all. So it's better for me to affirm your experience if I have the opportunity to minister to you when you're going through a bad time. It's better to be a listening ear. It's better to choose words carefully and stray away from sayings and scriptures that, while they may be true, tend to be untimely or insensitive based on the person's needs in the moment. So we know that the scripture says, for example, that believers don't grieve like those that have no hope. But that's a really hard rebuke to experience after you've lost a loved one. And so what do we encourage believers to do? We encourage believers to fight the urge to always have to have the right words to say. We encourage uh, believers to remember the power in the ministry of presence. Sometimes God shows up in the life of a person who is having a difficult moment through a hug or a handshake or just your presence in general. So where does toxic positivity come from? Toxic positivity is the result of sometimes just not knowing how to show up for people, right? Like you, maybe you're not a psychologist. I'm not a psychologist. Sometimes I don't know how to be there for people, right? It could also be a lack of empathy. Like I don't know how to express or just sit uh, in your shoes or to walk a mile and understand what you're going through because maybe it's something that I haven't gone through before. The other thing is that the result of toxic positivity can be, or one of the reasons for toxic positivity can be a passive way of redirecting negativity, right? You have that friend that always complains about everything. And so you use these positive affirmations to redirect them and to get them on the right path. The truth of the matter is, is that sometimes when people are going through difficult times, they don't need positivity, they need truth. Sometimes they don't need our words at all. So let's talk a little bit about how to avoid toxic positivity, right? So instead of saying stuff like, just stay positive, like just, just, just focus on positive things, we can say stuff like, that really must be hard for you. I'm here for you. Instead of saying um, stuff like, you know, everything happens for a reason, everything happens for a reason, why not say something like, I'm sorry that you're going through this? right? Instead of saying, uh, you know, things will work out, you know, look at it from the, on the brighter side, like, you know, it could be worse. Instead of saying that, say something like this just really sucks right now. I'm sorry you're in this position. How can I best support you, right? Rather than being there to create this false sense of positivity, how can we be supportive to our friends and family and loved ones who need us the most? And what I'm presenting to you is that this false sense of positivity is not always the answer. Sometimes people need the truth. Sometimes people need the word of God. Sometimes they need the word of God to show up in the flesh as a person who cares and who's willing to listen. 
So I got to tell y'all what the word says. So I'm I'm walking through Sprouts, the grocery store, and the Lord begins to minister to my heart about toxic positivity. Like, and the first thing that comes to my mind is John 11. Here's what's happening in John 11. Let me set the stage for you. Jesus is hanging with the disciples and he learns that Lazarus has died. Lazarus is someone who he refers to as his friend. Not only is Lazarus his friend, but Lazarus is the brother of two of his other close friends, Mary and Martha. Now, we've heard this story time and time again. We've heard that Jesus waited a couple of days before he went to see about Lazarus, and, and, and he did that for the sake of the disciples. We have heard that when Jesus gets there, that, that, that Martha says, if you would have been here, uh, then, then, then my brother wouldn't have died. We've heard that before, right? But let me tell you a part of the story that we don't talk about. John, the 11th chapter, and I'm going to start at around the 31st verse. I'm just going to read what it says. The Jews then, which were with her in the person of Mary and Martha, they comforted her. And when they saw Mary, they sat and that she rose up hastily and went out following her, saying, she goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was, she saw him and fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus saw her weeping, wait a minute, when Jesus saw her weeping, follow me, friends, listen to what he did not say. Know what he did not do. Know what he did do. When Jesus sees her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, Jesus himself, check this out, y'all, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Now, he knew why he was waiting. He had already told the disciples, but I'm doing this for your benefit. I got to prove to you. I got I to demonstrate to you the power of God. But when he sees Mary and the people experiencing the death of Lazarus, he empathizes with them. He doesn't say, you know, anything uh, uh, quirky or smart or, or, or he doesn't try to correct them for being sad. Like he doesn't drop uh, uh, the uh, scriptures from the Bible. He doesn't quote the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah, the Bible says that he groans in the spirit and he is troubled. Verse 34 says, this is John 11, verse 34, and said, where have ye laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And then verse 35 says, Jesus wept. Now, how often do we do, do we do we conflate or bring these stories together, right? Jesus wept. So at the point where Jesus um, could have said or done anything because he's Jesus, God's son, he empathizes with them. He responds to their weakness. He doesn't say a whole lot of words, right? We always say, oh, yeah, the, 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 the scripture, the shortest scripture in the Bible is Jesus wept. It doesn't say that Jesus went around like trying to make sure that everybody was happy and he was drying everybody's tears, he empathized with them. He sympathized with them. In the moment where he could have used toxic positivity, the Bible says that Jesus cried with his friends. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Jesus cried with his friends. Jesus 
empathize with his friends. Just as they were sad about the death of, 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 of Lazarus, yes, he had a, a plan. Yes, God's plan was in, unfolding. But in that moment, Jesus has a human emotion. It's okay to feel. It's okay to empathize. It's okay to listen. It's okay to understand what's going on around you. All, everything doesn't have to be positive and flowers and, 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 and excitement. And we can sit in the moment with the people who need us the most. And that is what Jesus demonstrates. He demonstrates that there is no place for toxic positivity. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the people and the places that you have assigned us to be. And God, we pray even now that the persons who are listening to this, Father God, would realize that they are who they are in the places where they are for a purpose. God, help us to show up better for our friends and family, our coworkers, our parents, our children. Help us to be who you want us to be. Help us to represent you in times of grief, in times of sadness. Give us the words to say, Father. And if there is no words for us to say, give us to be quiet. Give us to study to be quiet. Give us to observe. Give us to seek you for what to do. And God, we will thank you. We will praise you. We will magnify you. And we will acknowledge you as the God that does what we need you to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, I need a favor. If you have enjoyed this podcast, if you've listened and you like what you've heard, will you do me a favor? Will you share this podcast episode with your friends, your family, somebody who needs to hear it? Will you subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast platform? And finally, will you write me a review? Hey, if you write me a review, that would make me so happy. And guess what I'll do? I'll read your review on my next episode. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you and have a wonderful, well, Wednesday. Season with soul, with soul, with soul.